Greetings, everyone. A fresh Shy State pod is coming in hot. I'm Sam Brief. Very happy to be with you for this official podcast of your Chicago State Cougars. So today is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, a day to honor and reflect on the great accomplishments of the wonderful female athletes, coaches, administrators throughout history. And today's guest is one of the greats in Chicago State history. That's Titania Harris, who not only coached the Chicago State men's and women's tennis teams from 96 to 07, but she also was a part of the historic and perfect, emphasis on perfect, 20-0, 1991 Chicago State women's tennis team that made history running the table and going undefeated. So in this podcast, you'll get an inside look at what it was like to be on a perfect team back in 1991, how that led into Titania's tenure as Chicago State head coach, and also what she's up to now, which hint, is a lot. Now first, a big thank you to our partners at BSN Sports, the largest provider of team sports equipment and apparel in the country, which would like to thank all the coaches out there who truly are the heart of the game. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, Coaches are the best at equipping lives, and that's the real final score. Learn more about how BSN Sports can save you time off the field by giving you more time to impact lives on it by calling your local BSN Sports sales pro or visiting bsnsports.com today. And without further ado, Titania Harris. Let's flash back. What do you remember most about that perfect season in 1991? Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, we wasn't thinking about that. We actually would do, uh, go to the road trips and we would play our best. And we started having competition in the team, you know, like we would say who's off the court first or, you know, uh, who finishes their match first or who score was you know most dominating whatever so we would do stuff like that to make it more competitive so not just fighting against the other team we had small fights individually and challenges individually you know uh uh with each other so that made it fun we always had a lot of fun as a team you know uh we worked hard together and we were like uh sisters you know and uh, i remember a couple of the first matches that we played together. And some of the matches um, were a lot harder than the others. Some of them wasn't hard at all. You know, the girls were not uh, 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 really challenging to us. Uh, the top three girls on our team were national players. So, you know, we would finish our matches pretty quick. So, However, we didn't get the opportunity to play a lot of the top teams because we were a new team. So we played teams that the other teams played before and we were able to beat them, you know, pretty easy. But we wasn't thinking, OK, we're going to be undefeated this season. You know, we, did a, we just played it match by match and had a good time. At the end of the season, <laughs> it began to get a little challenging. And uh, our last match, I remember... Uh, Crystal and um, uh, uh, I think she lost the last minute because she would have been 20 and 0 because it was only Martha that was 20 and 0. And I think everybody else won. Crystal lost. She was real hurt by that. But the team, we were 20 and 0. And it, it really registered to us like, OK, oh, my God, we won all our matches this season. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we 
we're 20 and 0. So, of course, we came back and we celebrated. We're undefeated. You know, we did our little chant. But um, we, like I said, we had our own challenges on ourselves. So we we actually celebrated at, like, at that, you know. So it was it was fun. We had a lot of fun and uh, we celebrated hard. The matches, like I said, a lot of the matches, some of them wasn't as good as the other ones. But when we had our tough matches, we fought hard. We fought hard as a team. We, we cheered for each other. We supported each other. And like I said, our mission wasn't to be undefeated. Our mission was to play every match to its fullest. And, uh, and from that, we, we were undefeated. Okay. And uh, Lonnie, he supported us a whole lot. You know, he uh, would tell us about, you know, uh, uh, life, a lot of life lessons and uh, tell us about how how what we're doing is important. You know, a lot of the experiences that we had uh, uh, going through our college years, we're going to look back at them and talk to about talk to our kids about it. And you're going to really appreciate it. So when you are going out there to play, you know, play with a little passion, play with your heart, you know, and when you practice, do the same thing, you know. And uh, of course, we had our little arguments and fights, but we all did it. We all understood what he said and we all did it. And, uh, uh, and we, we, we were undefeated. <laughs> we were undefeated. I can't believe it. <laughs> Still can't believe it today. It's, that's something that you, you should take pride in, uh, being perfect. Yeah, we were. We were perfect as a team. <laughs> is that what you're most proud of 30 years later, or is there something else that sticks out to you? Uh, having a season where you're perfect, yeah. I, I have to say, yes. I'm it's hard to beat that. Of, yeah. <laughs> 20 matches and you won all You know, all your matches. That's That's something to be proud of as a team, and I was a part of it. So... Of course, I wasn't 20 and 0, and uh, I lost a couple of matches. I remember the girl, uh, I, I want to say she was from Butler. Butler, I think it was Butler. And uh, I played two singles, and I mean, we, we battled. And I played her two, I want to say two or three times, and we battled the entire time we played. And it was, uh, it was the longest match ever. But um, she beat me a couple of times that season. And I played another play. I wanted to say, I, I forget what team, and I lost that match. But I battled. <laughs> I battled every single match. But I was a part of a team that was undefeated. And that I am proud of. I am proud to have participated with these ladies we are all uh we still see each other from time to time like when I coached at Chicago State Martha Gates younger brother played under me and uh, uh he was a very good player and uh I still keep in touch with my other teammates so even in life you know a lot of us have went on and have successful careers and you know, and so we still contact each other today and say, hey, how are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. You know, how's the family? So we are still uh, uh, keeping in contact. So I will say the best part of that season was being with a, a team that understood 
the and value work ethic. They value teamwork and each other. And that is something I am very proud of. And you're proud of the fact that you went undefeated, right? Yes. <laughs> we undefeated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sing yeah. it from the mountaintops, Titania. <laughs> so, you know, we're already back in time. We're 30 years ago in 91. But I want to push you even farther back into the time machine if you'll come with me. Mm -hmm. um, I just invented it, by the way. It's, it, it's quite special. So... Yeah. How'd you first get into tennis? Um, my father is a tennis professional. My father is actually uh, in the Hall of Fame in uh, Tennessee. So uh, he's a, a tennis instructor. He coached a lot of kids, even a couple of pro players. And uh, he um, he has this tennis, uh, uh, tennis court. It's called Epiphany Court Tennis Center. And uh, he coached all of his kids to play college tennis. So, of course, I was a part of that uh, growing up. My dad, he played and uh, he taught his kids and he taught a lot of the kids in the community how to play tennis. And uh, we all played. Uh, we all played tennis. Uh, my father uh, had a real strict work ethic. You know, he believed in doing something over and over and over again until you it becomes second nature. And I remember doing drills for hours. <laughs> and a lot of pro players, when they actually practice, they are they are work on something for hours, one thing, and until they perfect it. And so he, I, I understand now what he was doing. But when you're a kid, it's like <laughs> brutal punishment. <laughs> but uh, he did that, and he's a it's very like, come on, can we switch it up a little bit? <laughs> Right, exactly. You know, so I want to do forehands and backhands. I don't want to just practice forehands. <laughs> so, uh, so he he was a very uh, strict coach. Uh, he's uh, using a lot of tactics that he used back when I was growing up, and I see the kids and how they're screaming and, and you're in that hot sun in Memphis, Tennessee, and you're running laps and uh, for missing a forehand, and it's like, oh. Please give me a break. <laughs> but, but that's uh, what builds character. It's what builds mm -hmm. excellent skills. Mm -hmm. And it definitely builds mental toughness because mm -hmm. you don't want to run if you miss. So you try your best not to miss. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, that definitely, when you have a pressure situation in tennis and you have one shot to hit and that one forehand, you're used to that type of pressure. And so it becomes easy to you. So. <laughs> it's it's sort of similar in practice you're trying to make the shot so that you don't have to run and then in a match mm -hmm. you're trying to make the shot because you really want to win the match and the punishment in that situation is losing which is even worse losing. than running <laughs> right exactly because i i did not like to lose i did not like to lose i I would sometimes, if I lost the match, I would go in the bathroom and I'm hitting my head like, you know. <laughs> Only true athletes understand that. It's not crazy. <laughs> You're rethinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would hit my head. I would hang my sometimes on what on racket. on the sink. Oh uh, no! I would use my hand and I would be hitting my head. Oh, okay. You know, okay. I'd be like, "Ah, oh, that was so stupid! How can you do that? You know, you should have worked harder." You know, uh, you know, you were, you were. 
you have that moment, you know. And then sometimes, you know, I lost matches and I felt like, you know, I won the match. And it's like the match isn't over. You know what I'm saying? And that means you really play well, you just lost. So you don't feel as bad as the matches where you lost to somebody you knew you could have beat, you know? So you have different emotions with different matches. And some matches like, okay, this girl's just better. <laughs> good match. <laughs> good, and good you can match. be content with that. <laughs> right. Right. You can sleep at night after that one. <laughs> right. This is a big, like if you lose to Serena Williams, you're not going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, girl. Man, I mean, yeah, if I could get a point against Serena, right. I'd be singing. Right, right. Same here, same here. But uh, but they had players out there back then where you they were really good. So those players, you know, you just say, good job, you know. So, uh, but, yeah. So I know your dad clearly had a great impact on your tennis career. Coach Wooden, of course. Growing up, and maybe this is at Chicago State, but who was another tennis inspiration of yours as you got more and more into it? Wow, that's a good question. Huh? <laughs> uh, I want to say it was just my dad. You know, I played because my dad played. And um, that's my hero, my dad. I love my dad, man. It's, you know, it's, it was my dad. I played because I was representing the dream of my father. And my father made me love it. You know, he took me to tournaments where it was uh, called American Tennis Association. And I would go to those tournaments every year and it would be like a family and it would be very fun. And, you know, a lot of them played and they families played and I played. That's where I met most of my teammates. Uh, uh, dealing with those at those at the tournament like I played Crystal Embry at one of the tournaments and that's why I met her you know and uh, Keisha Garcia you know I met her at an ATA tournament and her mom and we became very good friends and uh, you know so I, I have to say my my father was my biggest inspiration I can't say it was uh, um, I forget their uh forget their name. It was two pro players. They were African-American females. Oh my gosh. I went blank. <laughs> I'm thinking about Serena and them so much, but it wasn't them. Um, oh gosh. I forget their name. Some, I, they, it'll come up eventually, but I, I mean, I enjoy watching them play, but you know, watching my dad play, you know, it was, it was, I, I just, I just had a different feeling because it was closer to me. You know, I got inspired. Like my dad say, okay, come on, let's play a doubles match. Or let's go play a singles match. I would be ready to play. So, yeah, I have to say my dad was my biggest inspiration. With tennis being a historically predominantly white sport, mm -hmm. did you find it ever difficult at times, whether growing up or at Chicago State, as an African-American woman? Okay, so I'm going to be a little arrogant. <laughs> Don't judge me. Okay. No so judgment I, zone. <laughs> so I was a very pretty young girl. You know, I, I don't judge me now. <laughs> but was. I was. Very, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the, the you know, I was a very pretty young lady. And I had a bubbly personality. And so when I entered the room, you know, I, I just... 
I, I had a presence. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't feel that discrimination or that type of stuff until, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel it. You know, a couple of times I would say I have a couple of situations where a girl um, made an unfair call and I felt the official saw it and they wouldn't overrule it or, you know, something like that. But that's sometimes it's all in your head. But um it was always nice. You know, like I remember Donna, you know, Donna used to watch and play and give me tips. And she was uh, always a big part. I mean, they had a, a tennis facility where it was uh, blacks but couldn't be members, but I never played there. So I we never went. So I, I didn't get a chance to experience that. So um, but the tournaments I played in, in Tennessee, the high school tennis. I played, I never, I, I wasn't introduced or never talked about, oh, they, they racist or whatever. No. And I played in the South. So uh, I only had, like I said, a couple of stories where I can tell you where a girl probably slapped my hand instead of, you know, shook my hand, uh, you know, but, uh, but that was because she was upset I beat her. <laughs> You know, like I said, I always had a bubbly personality, so I, I just smiled it off and walked it off. And my dad, everybody loved my dad. So, so I just, I had a good experience growing up around tennis. On the tennis team, I remember girls used to say, oh, they're so cute. You know, they we would get off the bus and they would talk about us being cute or whatever. And we'd be like, okay. And then we beat them and then they're mad, <laughs> you know. But I remember them always saying that how, oh, they're so cute, like we were dolls, you know. Who so, said this? Our opponents. Like, oh, they're so cute. Oh, what? <laughs> so it was like they would be. And then you'd kick their you know what. Right. <laughs> but so, you know, a couple of, I think I happened about one or two times they talked about we were cute. But we had on white tennis skirts. We looked like Wimbledon, I guess, walking out. Yeah, Lottie always had us looking nice. So, you know, maybe it was that. The the uniform, the uniformity, you know, they were not expecting that. So we were they they talked about us being nice. we look nice. So they 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 made comments and then after we played them, it was different, you know. Then then it wasn't so cute. <laughs> yeah, get off, get out of our <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> no, but no, even still, even though they're upset that we, we beat them or whatever, they still were, you know, respectful. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you had to describe the identity of that team in one word or in a phrase, what would you use? Of, of Chicago, Chicago State, our team? Yep, the 91 team, yep. Um, you said a, a phrase that would describe us. Winners never quit. I know all of them are going to be like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you winners, were going to say undefeated. Winners never quit. Mm -hmm. winners so why is that? Quit. We said it. That's our thing we said. Mm -hmm. Winners never quit. And did that come from all of you or did that come from Coach Wooden? Coach Wooden. So when you became Chicago State's head coach in 96... What was your style? I had the knowledge of the sport, but uh, 
dealing with the team, I was, I babied them too much. You know what I'm saying? I, I really babied them too much. I was like their mother, you know, or their big sister. So that was uh, something for me uh, that I had to get used to. And I, I didn't personally like that, you know, about my coaching style. I needed to be more like Lonnie as far as developing a relationship where it's seen as something somebody up here versus a sister and or a mom because you treat your mom like oh mom you know come on mom you know <laughs> whereas up here you like okay this is we're going to practice at 6 30 you know 6 30 p.m or you're going to practice at 6 30 a.m i want you there on time so um that's what i got used to so uh but maybe I didn't do that because I didn't like that in Lonnie, that he didn't listen. So um, I didn't like that. So, yeah. So I, I tried to change that coaching style, which made it worse for me. And, but, uh, and I should have had more of his style. So, yeah, that was, a that was a lesson learned. You know, I think I'll do a lot better as a college coach now because I learned that lesson. And you can't have the the students so close to you, you know. Uh, that that was uh, big, you know. Uh, right, there's a line that has to be drawn, is what I'm just, hearing. Yes, you have to. You have to have a certain type of professionalism, uh, a certain type of understanding when a player come in. Versus my players, they will call me if they break up with their boyfriend for a big sister talk. <laughs> And really? <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I shouldn't have done that because I had no personal uh -huh. time, you know. So it's no PC time, or do you know? I was that type of coach. You know, I was the I was the best assistant coach ever, but the head coach, no, no. I needed to work on that. Even though I did it for twelve years, and the kids love me, I still talk to my kids. They send me pictures of their families and. Thank you, coach. I couldn't have been here without you, you know, stuff like that. But as far as the work I had to do to be that, I never got a break. Because I had, I was the only coach of two teams, men and women. And I had that relationship or rapport with my, my players. And then some of them were able to separate and handle that type of relationship. Some of them could not. And the ones who could not, um, separated it was hard yeah so yeah yeah you've left quite an impact on chicago state between mm -hmm. your years coaching between that perfect season back in 91 now being removed from it all what do you think your legacy at csu is my legacy was having uh some of the best players to walk through that school. I recruited some really good players. Uh, I was a good player at that school and I recruited good players. They were not only top athletes, they were good in school. And uh, that I left. Uh, a relationship with uh, uh, international students, uh, the team that I left at Chicago State, which I didn't get credit for, 
actually won the conference, you know, uh, you know, uh, when I left. So I would say that me recruiting some really good athletes, I just couldn't get all of them there at the same time. But when it happened, they did a really good job and, uh, uh, they won. So I'm really happy and pleased about it. Titania. I appreciate you coming on, giving me your time, your passion. It's great to hear about all these awesome stories and what you're up to today. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Go Cougars! <laughs> A big, big thank you to Titania Harris for her time, for her energy and passion. Emphasis on those last two because if you listen to the pod, you know she's got a lot of it. And I appreciate her spicing things up on the Shy State Pod. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and month. Remember, it's Black History Month, so we've got more of our Shy State Pod Black History Month series coming up with a few exciting episodes on deck this week and next week. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, be healthy, be safe, and I will talk to you soon. I'm Sam Brief, signing off from Chicago. Adios. <laughs>